ready. I could call on any one of you to go play the piano tonight, right? Or sing a song, or prophesy, or or uh, or whatever. Amen. And uh, so we we like to give opportunity for for people to go further. And uh, I trust that's why a, a large majority of you are even here. Uh, some of you are just so committed to God, you'll come anytime we do anything, right? And you're awesome in this place. And uh, but uh, but so many times people come with a with a hunger for for more, to increase, a desire to go further in God. And, and that's really what I, what I, it's my heart to give place to that. Um, because nowadays in, uh, can we take care of that, make that go down further? All right, good. <laughs> and, uh, uh, amen. I'll get back on focus. What was I saying? Yeah, I was way past that, though, I think. Amen. I literally did lose my track. I'm not just messing, <laughs> I'm not just messing with it. I'll, we'll find it again. We have time, right? Uh, but I was saying this. Thank you, Lord. Uh, it's truly my desire, because in, in the church world today, at least in our country, that's what I'm most familiar with, is... Uh, people have less and less of a attention span or time to give to the Lord to wait on Him. You know, the Scripture speaks about waiting on the Lord. Uh, you know, that what does that mean? That doesn't mean we kind of sit there and do nothing. It's, you think of it in the sense of like a, a waiter, or now they call them servers, you know, at a restaurant. You know, a good, a good waiter at a restaurant, they're paying attention to your table. Right. Even when they're off doing other stuff, they're kind of keeping an eye on you. Make sure your drinks don't get, you know, below a quarter or half or something. They're back over there uh, filling them up. They're paying attention to all your needs. When we seek the Lord um, and we wait on the Lord, it's with that kind of attitude. I'm putting myself in a position here. I'm tending, I'm paying attention, I'm looking at him, I'm, I'm watching, I'm keeping my eye on him, even if I'm, uh, you know, reading the scriptures or doing something else, I'm keeping my eye on the Lord to see if he might want me to do anything, if he might want something else to happen, right? Amen. And, and, and so that's our heart in, in this kind of service, is we're just kind of the whole time keeping our eye over on the Lord and seeing what he might want us to do seeing what he might, might, might say to us. And then if he says something, or if we see him going, check, or, <laughs> or you know, giving a, little, giving a little way, we are over there. Okay, what can I do for you? What can I help you with? Lord, what, what do you want us to do right now? And so we seek him in that way. Now, uh, consider for a moment your relationship with God. And if you were to... Take yourself and draw a circle around yourself, okay? You got a little, you got a circle around you. That is, that is your relationship with God. Think of it in that way, okay? In other words, it is what it is. Your relationship with God exists inside of that circle, it doesn't mean that God is not outside of the circle. It just means you're not. 
And it means that whatever he is outside of that circle, you're oblivious to it. You know him and you experience him to that degree. All right? It's wonderful because everything he is is good. Is it, is it enjoyable to be in this little relationship with God? Sure. Sure. And uh, the moment a person gets saved, they get in their little circle. And they have a relationship with the Father. They're saved. They're on their way to heaven. And, uh, and a lot of times people, they just exist there for their entire life while they're here on the earth. That would define, that would be the limitation of the extent of their experience and their knowledge of God. It's just right there. Okay? One of the things that drives me and I think it's one of the things that drives many of us in here, is you've got this circle, all right? Think about it if you were to draw it on your page. And there you are right in the middle of it. Is now, now, now think of it, now draw another circle in your mind. or on your, Now draw another circle. Is the fact that that next circle is there. I know it's there. Many of you know it's there. You don't know what's in it. You don't know what it feels like to be there. You know your circle. I know my circle. I know what it's like to be in here. You know, I've gotten comfortable in here. I can operate in here. I can function. I can do life to the degree that I can do it. I can, I can take advantage of His power and His promise and His presence. And, e <laughs> and everything that He is. To <laughs> can everyone stay with me? Uh, to everything that he is here. Yeah? But I know that that exists. I know that the next one's there. I might not even fully know where it is or how to get there or what life looks like right there. But my, the fact that I know it, it exists compels me stirs me. It makes me get on my knees. The fact that I know it's there makes me worship with an anticipation and an expectation that the Lord just might give me a little more light. He might give me a little more space to move around in. Amen. And I don't mean it's just a switch I turn. I would have turned it, you know, I'd have turned it. And, because here, here's, the, here's the thing. I, I, I know this. This is where I live. I know this exists. You know what I also know exists? This. You know what I also know exists? This. And this. And this. And why? why? Well, God is infinite. He's eternal. I've never reached the end of Him. I'm never going to exhaust His love and His knowledge and His wisdom and, and all that He might have in mind. I'm never going to reach the end of that. So it, it, it gives place to an exciting life. Now, someone could mentally acknowledge that to be true today. And you might be able to relate to this and say, yeah, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense how, how that would be true. But it's one thing to mentally acknowledge that. Some people think those other circles are all in heaven. And others might know that, yeah, that's a possibility, but I don't know how to do that. And so they just become content in their little small first circle. They got their little relationship with God, and it's just 
little. I want big. I at least want bigger than little. I at least want more than I have. And I have a feeling that once I, when I get to the next ring, I'm probably going to be interested in the next one. I'm probably going to be interested in pushing those borders out a little bit more. And there is no doubt in my mind that all across this great congregation here tonight, the circles are of all different size. I don't know how far you've pushed it, how much you've reached. You know, the, remember when Jesus taught prayer? He said, he said uh, ask, and it'll be given unto you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened, right? Different types of prayer there. You know, the asking kind for God to give you something. The seeking, I can see that real relevant in our context. Knocking has to do with opportunities and doors opening, you know, that kind of thing. Seeking has to do with, there's something out there, I just don't know where it is. You might know what it is, you might not fully know what it is. Some people seek, seek after God before they're saved. They know He exists. They know He's real. They know by virtue of creation and, or by conscience, they know He's real. They seek after Him not even knowing what He looks like, not knowing how He is. What happens when they seek? Well, if, if you are continually seeking something that exists, you will, Jesus said, find it, right? And so we have the, the great opportunity afforded us to know that there's more to know that there's a greater experience and greater knowledge of God available to us, we can seek it. And really, we can seek Him in a greater measure. Say, well, we can't just do it ourselves. We can seek by ourselves. He will, He guaranteed us already that we would find. You see, there are depths, if you will, to a person's relationship with God. You can think of those boundaries as depths. In other words, the Scripture uses this kind of language. Uh, uh, over in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, it, it references the, uh, the deep things of God. Well, if there are deep things of God, then I guess there are shallow things. All right? We, we can read over in the book of Revelation, he even talks about someone having, knowing the depths of Satan. So on a negative side, someone, how many know someone can be involved in evil, and someone can be really involved, really highly influenced by the devil. So obviously we don't want to go that way, but we want to, see, we want to take this potential of our existence, what we can experience and what we can know, and push it. Seek after, seek after the Lord. Yeah? You, you know, it also, Scripture speaks about His love that way. About knowing the height and length and width and depth. Right? The depth. There's a, there's a depth of God's, of God's wisdom and knowledge. Okay? So I could be operating in my life and living with a small measure of wisdom, of knowledge, of understanding of God's love a small depth of experience or I can reach out and seek after him and he can enlarge me and give me a greater depth of knowledge and experience. Amen. Praise God.
You know, the, uh, the scripture says, uh, maybe you'll look at that with me. Uh, Psalm uh, 60. I love this, this verse over here. This whole chapter is good. But Psalm 64, 60, uh, 63, Psalm Uh, Psalm, <laughs> there it is, 60, I had to find the verse, 63, yeah, 63 in verse 8, the whole, whole psalm is good, Psalm 63 verse 8 reads, my soul follows close behind you, my soul does what, follows close behind you, well that, uh, I like the King James Bible because it, it uses that word, it's been put in songs and stuff. My soul follows hard after thee. I like that just because of how it, how it feels. Hard. How, how are you following the Lord? I'm following hard after him. I'm not just barely touching this thing, not just trying to do the bare minimum. I'm going for it. My soul follows hard or follows closely, close behind you. Look, your right hand upholds me. So notice there's a God part and there's a us part. His part is to uphold us. What's our part? Follow close after him. Well, what if I don't follow close after him? Maybe his hand does not uphold me. Say, well, I think the Lord upholds everyone. Look around. I, would, I think the Lord wants to uphold everyone and keep everyone solid and strong and on the right path and doing the right thing. But is that always happening? No, I see some people that are falling flat on their face, right? So, so what's the question? I don't know. I, I, but I look at this verse, and I think if I want to be upheld by the Lord, then I should follow hard after Him, follow closely behind Him, all right? Unfortunately, not all believers do that today. Many follow at a distance. They're keeping an eye on Him. Okay, stay, get, don't. Don't go with that uh, weight on the Lord illustration because this is a different one. Uh, but th but it's in this case, it's more I'm doing my life and I'm keeping an eye on the Lord. I, 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 you know, it's not like I've left Him. It's not like I don't love Him, don't have a relationship with Him. I'm just doing my thing and every now and then I kind of peek over at the Lord to see what, see what He's doing. That's different than the Lord being right here. And all he has to do is give me a look, give me a little head wave. And, <laughs> you know, I got it. I got the message. And how many know he can, if the Lord is over there, if my soul follows at a distance, I'm not going to hear him unless he yells. And that's why some are saying, Lord, just speak to me. And they're listening for that booming, aud audible, resounding voice. They're listening in the heavens for God to speak and say something. Right? Where if I'm following close, he just... All he has to do is whisper, and I'm going to pick it up. So how do you hear from the Lord so much? Well, he's right here. Where is he in your life? <laughs> and obviously, I'm not talking in a, a positional way. We know the Lord never leaves us. He's always there. I'm talking about practically how we treat the relationship. Right? You can have close friends. You can have distant friends. If you're, even if you're married, you can be close to your spouse or you can have distance between you. Even if you sleep in the same bed, 
pass each other many times during the day, right? You can still have a distant relationship or you can have a close relationship. That is, and it's, but legally you're still married either way, right? There, there is, the covenant still exists there. But do I want to think about my relationship with God only in terms of a covenant, only in terms of, of my rights and privileges and what I have in Christ? Or do I also want to think about it in a practical day-to-day, how closely am I walking with Him? Is my soul following hard? Do I live with Him in such a way where He can pss, 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 whisper, <laughs> where He can t- tell me something, or He makes a move, I'm just aware of it? Ooh, did you see that? God's doing something. Well, wait a minute, how, how did you know? Well, he's right here. I think he may have brushed up against me. And when he did, he got my attention. What did he he say anything? No, but I just kind of knew. I just kind of knew something's up. Amen. And so, I I, I don't know about you, but I want to be upheld. Praise God. So I should follow closely to him. Hallelujah. I want us to push that circle out. You know it's there. I know it exists. What? The depth of his love. The depth of his knowledge and wisdom. I know there's more than I'm currently aware of. I think my circle's bigger than it used to be. Truly. I think when I was first saved, you know, it was just like an outline around my feet. <laughs> and I'm in. I'm in the relationship with God. I'm saved. I've been pushing it for a while at different, with different degrees of effort at different times in my life. Uh, but I know it's gotten larger for me. And it makes me want to go to the next ring. Amen. I wonder what the Lord's thinking about you tonight. He knows, he knows what you know. He knows how much you have, how much you know Him. How much you've experienced His power and grace and love. He knows exactly to what extent you have him embraced who he is. You know what he's thinking about? I believe he wants this from in all of our lives. He wants to reveal himself in a greater measure. He, he wants, I prayed this out right before the service. Uh, he wants there to be greater measures. I didn't know that I'd say it because it just fit in now. Uh, he wants there to be greater measures of his glory manifest in your life. Say, so, well, I just want all of his glory. Dude, you'd be toast. <laughs> Seriously. I think it's going to take a glorified body. And the presence of God and maybe some time there in heaven to withstand all of his glory. And maybe that's still not all of it. I don't know. But I know on this earth it's not like, I just want God in all of his glory to just to manifest. And, and we might be here for a month in the carpet <laughs> try, trying to climb out, gra- crawling towards the door. <laughs> okay. So I think it's measured with all of us. Maybe some of us can withstand more of his glory than others. Why? We've become accustomed to it or we've uh, adapted to uh, his, his presence. Amen. I was speaking to a person on the phone a while back and, uh, and it, was, it, was, it was on a Wednesday. I was getting ready for a service. It was before a healing service and, 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 I, and they had called me and I said, they said, what are you doing? And I said, uh, you know, getting ready for the service tonight for our healing service and and this person who knows God themselves asked me, they said, 
is, is, can you sense the power of God on you right now? And I thought for a moment, I said, you know, I did, I thought, well, yeah, I do. And, and that's, that was the end of the conversation, or at least the part that I remember. And then sometime later, that person asked me again, they said, you know, when I asked you that, I said, yeah. And I asked you if you could sense the power of God on you in preparing for that healing service that night. I said, yeah, I remember that. He said, he said to me, this is the reason why I, why I asked, because as soon as you started talking, I could sense the power of God moving in my life. And he said, I wasn't praying or doing anything. So that's why I figured, where did that come from? <laughs> and it was because I was in the Spirit, it began to manifest in him. I just think that kind of stuff is interesting. Uh, and how we can benefit one from another uh, and, and benefit for each other. Look at, um, look at John, if you would. Uh, John 17. Now, if you're new with us tonight and you think, you guys are doing church backwards here. You can't start with, with teaching and stuff. We can. We, if we teach the whole night, that'll be fine. Because next week it might be no teaching. Well, it will be because there's a kid's Christmas play. <laughs> but you know from week to week there's, there's no rules, no boundaries on what we do. And if it's all worship one night, it is. If it's all this, then it is. And uh, what I seek is the will of God to be done. And I believe for certain he wants to expand our circle. Amen. As I was praying, I literally drew that on my sticky note. I drew a circle and I put me right in the middle of it. Then I went, whoop, 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 and I put an arrow that points out. That's what I saw inside of me. He wants us to move out into greater things, into greater uh, experience with Him, greater knowledge of His wisdom, and greater depths. Come on now. I tell you, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to recognize when the Lord is saying, you, I I got your name. I got your number. Come. 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 You ever have that in your life? I don't mean to just to be ozone or kind of... Uh, but I mean in real... There are times when I'll pray and so forth just because I want to, because I know it's a good thing, it's a healthy thing. There are times when I'll seek the Lord because I know for certain He's going like this to me. You understand? He's saying, I'm like, ooh, the Lord wants to, he's calling me to himself. He wants to spend time with me. Listen, if you get that, I don't doubt that any, that all of us will get that at some point. If we're paying attention, if you have that, that leading, that like, come here, you better follow that. I tell you, there is, there is something good on the other side of it. Maybe it's for you. Maybe you need to pray for someone else. I don't know what it is, but if he's saying, "Come, come, spend some time with me," turn the TV off, turn whatever you're doing off. Go get with him. If you need to arrange, readjust. Go get with him, and see what's up. And maybe he just wants to hang out. But at the end of it, what'll probably happen? Is, you'll probably be enlarged. You'll go out of there with a greater depth of understanding and wisdom and knowledge. Amen. John 17, verse 1, Jesus spoke these words. 
lifted up his eyes to heaven and said. So picture it. Picture it. Jesus is praying. I guess you don't always have to pray with your eyes closed, right? He did this. He looked up and started praying. (laughs) Maybe he did that because there are people around. Obviously, they're recording it. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Notice, notice what Jesus is saying, that he is there to give eternal life. Now, if we stop there, we would, uh, of course, all value that. We think eternal life, yes, that's what I have, that's what I want, that's what the whole world needs. Eternal life, what is that? Well, that's life forever. That's being born again. That's salvation. That's the forgiveness of sins. That's redemption. I'm going to heaven, right? And we think of eternal life in those terms. And uh, for sure, it encompasses that. But, but I want you to think for a moment that in God's original design and in His original creation, He didn't create us so that we could be saved. Why, didn't, why did He not create salvation uh, for his first human beings because they weren't lost he created them they had no need to be saved saved from what there was no death there was no sin there was no need for them to be saved and yet God created mankind anyway the purpose I guess, well, Revelation said it was for his pleasure, his will. He wanted us. He wanted kids. But you see how he related to Adam and Eve, read the first part of Genesis. And it seemed that he just wanted them to enjoy him and enjoy life and enjoy his creation. He just wanted a relationship and he would come and be with them and fellowship with them. There weren't a bunch of rules. There was just the one rule. You know, there's two trees. Eat this one, not this one. And then there's all the rest of the trees they could eat of, but two important trees. Remember life and knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't eat that one, eat this one. And they chose the wrong one. (laughs) But that's another story. But you see, the Lord didn't create mankind to be saved. He created them to be with Him. So if that was His original intention, when He worked out, you know, after the fall of man and sin, He worked out His master plan to redeem us and set us back on course, what would be His goal then? Now we think in terms of heaven and hell, and for sure... That's huge, but that is not the definition in God's mind of what it means to have eternal life. Amen. Eternal life is not about, or let me say it this way, it for sure is not limited to missing hell and going to heaven. Eternal life has a much greater purpose, higher purpose, and heaven is the place that that exists when you leave this life, right? But here's what Jesus said, that I should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. In verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they may go to heaven. Right? Is that what he said? This is eternal life, that they may know you. That they may know you, 
the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And if, he, if Jesus said this is what eternal life is, that is the mentality that I need to have regarding eternal life. And instead of just thinking I have eternal life, what does that mean? I'm going to heaven. No, I have eternal life. That allows me to know him. Because knowing him is greater than a place that we might be. Heaven is a reflection of God and all that he is. But knowing him is greater than going to a place. I believe that one of the high, the highest perk of heaven is the relationship that is unhindered with God. Not just the cool stuff. And I believe there's like a ton of cool stuff. Okay. We see some of it in the scripture. River of life and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And mansions and all, the, all this stuff. Heaven is not going to be us for eternity going ooh, ah, at all the stuff. Even though there will probably be some ooing and aahing at the stuff. But heaven will be the most primary. Play, it's the facilitation of an unhindered unlimited relationship with our Father who loves us, who created us so we could know Him. Amen. So well, I'll be good enough just with the stuff. <laughs> Your circle is small. Your knowledge of Him is very minute. Because here's one thing we can guarantee. The more we know Him, the more we want Him. And if someone doesn't want Him very much, they don't know Him very much. Psalmist said it this way, taste and see that the Lord is good. You take a lick, mmm, I want more. Now we obviously we know the tasting is figurative, but you taste, you want more. You taste Him, you want more of Him. And if you will experience God and, and, and heed his, his come here and draw near to me, You'll want to go, and you'll want to go more often. You'll want to go further, and you'll want to push the envelope a little bit more. Now, this, this, this word here that is translated that they may know him and his son is interesting. Because it's not, a, a, it's not speaking, uh, I say the word, it's the Greek word, uh, gnosko. It's not, it's not speaking of a mental knowledge or accumulation of information about God. And what many people push for today is a great theology of the head and lack a depth of theology of the heart. And when the Lord talked about people knowing Him, it was not just, it was not memorization of Scripture. It was not just an accurate and, and depth of theology. It was, it was knowledge on another level. That, that word there, when it said to know Him, see, we think of knowing you go to school and you learn stuff and then you know things. You know math and science and art and so forth. And, and no, that's not what that's, this is referring to. Okay? This knowledge um, of God has to do with um, the person who acquires the knowledge places a value on the person he's knowing. All right? It's not just I know 
God, I know about him, I can trace him, I can give you his stats. I value who he is. It speaks of not just, again, knowing about. It, it, it speaks in, in this regard. Um, it speaks of the relationship with the object known. When he says that they would know you, not that you can give God's height and weight and IQ if he could be quantified in any such matters, but that you value what you know, you have a relationship with, with who you know. It, this word is used in Scripture in this way to give us a greater picture. In the Hebrew language, it, it was used when it said, uh, it's a different word, different language, but you get the point. When Adam knew Eve, how many know when Adam knew Eve, what happened next? Children. Right? And that's the language. Adam knew his wife. What? They must have had a great table at a great restaurant and they had deep conversation. Nope. It got a lot uh, more intimate than that. <laughs> and something came out of it. But that's the picture of knowing God. It, it uses it in the New Testament. The same uh, will be the exact same Greek word uh, when, when it says that um, Joseph did not know Mary until after Jesus was born. What does that mean? You didn't, you didn't even get to know her at all. Now it means he didn't have sex with her until after Jesus was born. Right? Which also means she's not currently a virgin. Okay, that's another subject. <laughs> that was up to Jesus. Otherwise, you'd be a bad wife. Anyway. Uh, right? But it comes to our relationship with God. Obviously, it's not a physical relationship. But it shows the depth of intimacy that he is interested in. He is interested, and he said, this is, what you, this is what I call eternal life. That you have such an intimacy of knowledge of me, it's experiential. It, it, it's not just you've, measured, you've um, measured my stats. You know, if you didn't know Amy, and, uh, and I wanted you uh, to tell you about my wife, well, I guess if she weren't here, I could, I could give you some stats. Right? And say, she's this tall. And probably would skip over the weight thing. Right? That's probably improper. <laughs> uh, she's this tall. She was born on this day. She grew up in this town. She went to school here. These are her parents. These are, you know, I could give you all the stats. Do you know her? Well, you know a little bit about her. Wouldn't it be sad if that was the extent of our relationship with God? And unfortunately, I think it is sometimes. Say, I'm a Christian. Oh, cool. Tell me about God. Well, you know, He's eternal. He's omnipotent. And those are true. I want to know that stuff. But that doesn't really tell me a whole lot. If, if I wanted to... Uh, take you further with her, I probably, the next thing I'd do is, is I'd start to talk to you about experiences we've had. And I'll tell you what she's like. I'll tell you about her favorite tea. I'll tell you about her desire to visit London. 
in England. The UK, and, and I'll, I'll tell you about some of her, uh, the attributes of her life. And as I begin to tell you that, well, you know her a little bit more than just the stats now. You know kind of a little bit what's inside of her, what she loves, what she likes. And, and then I would probably uh, tell you further about some experiences. You know, one time this happened. You know, one time we went over here. And you know what this happened. And, and by me re-enumerating... Re something. What? Iterating. One of those eightings. <laughs> Stories about her. You would probably go away from here feeling like, yeah, I kind of know her more. If I wanted to go even further, I would have to say, why don't you come meet her yourself? That would be the best way. But sometimes in our expression of trying to communicate God to the world and to people around us, and all we can give them is the facts. We're going to get in a theological argument, and my theological argument pounds yours. I go away feeling good, but you don't know him. You don't necessarily know his character, his love, and the things that he does. That, that's why many times a testimony is more powerful than theology. When someone can say, you know, but I, you know, I, I used to walk with a limp. In fact, for 10 years I walked with a limp, and I came in contact with him one day. And, uh, and he healed my leg or healed my hip. He'll, he healed my knee. And look at me. I walk straight now. That's the kind of God I serve. I think that's more powerful. It's not that the other's not important. I want to get my facts right about him. But I believe it's very essential that we understand what God means when he says this is eternal life. This is it. That you would know him. Know him how? I've got experiences with him. We do things together. He shows me stuff. I pray. He answers. He prays. I answer. We don't usually call it that, but he says something and I respond to it. And I do what he says and I, I ask him for stuff and he does what I ask him to do. And, and, and if, if we don't have that, I think we don't have eternal life. Now, I'm not, I'm not sending you to hell. <laughs> I'm not saying you haven't received forgiveness of sins. I'm saying your circle's small. You know, and I think my own circle's not near big enough, honestly. I think we all need to push this thing a little bit. And, and the Lord's calling us, saying, come here, come here, come here. Let, let me walk with you. Let me talk with you. Amen. You, you all remember that place in Genesis where after Adam and Eve ate of that tree that they weren't supposed to eat of? And then it says that uh, um, they, uh, they heard God walking, I think it says walking with them, it's Genesis 3, in the cool of the day. And uh, do you know that word cool? It's interesting. You think cool of the day, what do you mean? What time of day is that? It's actually the word, that's the only time that word is ever translated cool, the Hebrew word. It's actually the word for spirit. And I don't know, I don't fully know what it means because they heard him, meaning they were used to that. He, it had happened before where like, hey, God's coming. I hear him. And he must have sounded a lot different than a tiger running through the 
through the, the garden or one of the other animals. God's coming. And he, they recognize that sound. He's coming in the, in the spirit. It could be wind, but still, every time the wind blew, was that God? I don't know. But he was coming that way, and they recognized his spirit coming, moving. I believe he won, and they, of course, they were in shame and guilt at that point, so they're like, run! <laughs> it's God coming! <laughs> and they're hiding themselves from, from, from the Lord. Uh, I don't want to be doing that. But I do want to recognize when he shows up. We're cruising along. Hey, you hear that? God's here. His spirit is here. His spirit just moved. His spirit is saying something, doing something. And someone who's a little tiny circle, they go, huh? What do you mean you heard God? I don't ever hear from God. <laughs> I think it's time to broaden. Because out here, what are these? These are more, exper- this is more gnosko. This is more experience, experiential knowledge of Him. Like we do things together. We talk, we walk, we live life. He, he moves, He manifests. The more I have those, the more I recognize when something's happening in life and it's God. Even in a church service. We're worshiping the Lord. Oh, there He is. Oh, thank you, Lord. There you are. Oh, you're so good. Amen. And sometimes you can just be still for a moment and you'll recognize he's there. Where we're busy thinking about stuff and occupied in our minds and got a thousand things going. And sometimes you just be still for a moment. Put your mind on him and go, oh yeah. It's like when my friend asked, could you sense the power of God on you as you're getting, you know, when I was on the phone with him? And I said, I stopped. I said, yeah. See, it was there before, but I wasn't paying attention. And as soon as I stop, I recognize, oh, yeah, there, yeah he, there he is. He's on me right now. I bet some of you it's happening right now. I bet some of you stop for a moment, just, just put your mind on him. You go, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do know he's there. He, he's right here on me right now. He's showing himself to me. Hey, man, we can take that further. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wants to reveal himself. Amen. Pause for a moment. Put your mind on him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for working in our lives today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. We, we acknowledge that you're here. You're here now. You're here with us. You are God with us. Thank you, Lord, for your holy presence. Father, for measures of your glory... Measures, measures of your glory, may they increase now. We seek after you. We set our hearts to follow hard after thee. We set our hearts to follow hard after thee. And we seek you. We seek you. And we find. Father, thank you now. Increase. And each person who has a heart for you, each person who desires to know you, each person who desires to know the height and depth and length and width, to know you more, to know the love of God that passes knowledge, 
to know you personally in a deeper and more complete way. May the circle be expanded now. May the, may the, the experience of our eternal life be increased. May what's inside of us be manifest on the outside and in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for measures of your glory going up, going up. We draw near. We draw close. We set our hearts to fix our focus on you. Thank you, Lord, for working in us today. Thank you, Lord, showing yourself strong and mighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe and we will see the glory of God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord Almighty. Lord God of truth. Lord God of peace. Lord God of abundance. Lord, we serve you. We worship you. Lord, we call on your name. We walk with you and talk with you. We hear your voice. Thank you for working in us today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for working in us today. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me show you one more thing. I'm ready for you. In Philippians, one more thing. Philippians chapter 3. Hey, uh, one of you with an electronic thing, find that for me in the amp. Amp C. Got it? Philippians 3. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Uh, notice verse 8, reading in the New King James. It says, Yet indeed I also count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Think about Paul and all his experience and all his accomplishments. He said, that's nothing. It's all about the knowledge of the Lord. What's that? Eternal life. Listen to this. I wanted to read that verse from the Amplified. So if you have it, follow along. If you don't have it in front of you. Listen real close. It's kind of a, a big expansion. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, 
and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly. For His sake I have lost everything and considered it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may win, gain Christ the Anointed One. He said with everything he knew and his trip to heaven and back and all the things he, he, had, he had accomplished, he said it doesn't matter. The only thing I want is I want to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. I tell you, you guys, when that is our heart, to become more intimately and deeply acquainted with him, you're on the same page as him. You're, we're not running crosswise with the will of God. Amen. One thing I, I saw some time ago as I was praying, I don't know, a year ago maybe, as I was praying one day, I began to pray the part of the Lord's Prayer, which simply says, you know it, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's easy to pray that real quick. But immediately, it started blowing up in my mind. And I started, I started pondering and considering the will of God in heaven to know what I was asking Him to do on the earth. And that could be a whole big discussion, the will of God in heaven. But one of the things I saw and one of the things that you know, just came to my mind is that there would be unhindered, undelayed, continual fellowship with God. That at any time, at any moment, we could have close communion with the Father. Whether He's saying, Son, come to the throne room, spend some time. Or walking with Jesus through the landscape of heaven. But the will of God in heaven, I believe he totally looks forward to this. I hope you do too. He looks forward to being able to communicate and relate with us without any distraction. Without any, you know, fleshly desires standing in the way. Where we could just sit for a year or something if we wanted you know, by earthly time and spend time with him. He looks forward to that communion with you. He likes you that much. Wants to spend time with you. But if the will of God is supposed to be done on earth as it is in heaven, that says that's what he wants for us right here and now. Undisturbed, unhindered, unblocked, undelayed, full and continual intimate fellowship and communion with him and if you say father i want your will to be done jesus said pray this way right i want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven think this is at least part of what he has in mind his will on earth is that he could walk with us again in the cool of the day he could walk with us by his spirit 
He could walk with us and fellowship with us on a continual, unhindered way. So that tells me God is working now toward us, in us, to that end. And if I pray, Father, may your will for this relationship, the way you want it to be, this eternal life to be accomplished on earth, I'm not waiting to get to heaven to know you this way. You want it to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then God, watch, watch what's going to happen. You've just given him access to expand your circle. To take your relationship beyond, I'm forgiven and I'm saved and I know someday I'll see him. To experience him here and now. Experience him more and more. Operate in the, in the, in the spirit of a, of a love relationship with him. You've just given him permission to access uh, your life, your heart. To expand beyond the head into the real you. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. Why don't you guys come up in case we have you sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray it with me today. You may add to it yourself when we're done, but just pray the, the basics of it. Say, Father in heaven. You are my very own father. I am your very own child. I've been bought with a price. Jesus shed his blood for me. You have bestowed your love upon me. And I'm a part of your family. Father, I ask that your will would be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven how I'll relate to you one day may I know you that way now reveal to me your love and your power may I walk in a depth that I've not known before a depth of knowledge a depth of wisdom an experience of your love May I know eternal life, because that is knowing you. It is knowing Jesus. Reveal yourself to me, so I can walk with you more closely. My soul follows hard after you. Your right hand upholds me as I walk with you. May your will be done right now in my life, in this relationship. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. Just just begin to thank Him and praise Him. Draw near to Him. Let your heart draw close. Let your heart draw near. Draw near. This place of great peace.
we worship you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We praise and worship you. We praise and worship you. Father, we're so thankful tonight for your very presence, thankful for you working in our lives today, expanding our hearts, growing our knowledge and understanding of your love and your ways. We treasure and value everything you show us, every moment of every minute that we can spend time with you. We treasure it, we value it, we hold it in high esteem. We thank you for working in our lives today. In Jesus' name. You guys uh, understand how the enemy gets a hold of people. He does it so often through the mind. And he accesses people's minds by what they spend their time with. And if their time is spent with the wrong things, he'll many times get entrance into their thoughts. And he can't—he can't just easily or quickly or just automatically bring someone in, into bondage. But if he can get in your thought life and twist your thought life and mess with your thinking, your mentality—that's the way he eventually gets a hold of you in other areas. And so the enemy wants to occupy your thoughts. He wants you to, to feed you a thought and then you stay there. You, you, you roll that over again and again, day after day, week after week, month after month. You entertain his way of thinking. But the Lord wants to occupy your thoughts. And I can, I can, re I can recognize in the, in the spirit here tonight... There, have, there are some that have been really, really clouded in your mind. It's been, it's been, it's almost like, it's almost like noise. It's cluttered. It's loud. It's, it's confusing. It's, it's not comfortable. The presence of, of the Lord replaces that with peace. When there's peace... There's a sense of stillness in your life. It's still. It's calm. It's like the Lord's the only one there now. Before you can't, uh, I can't hear the Lord. I can't think straight. It's so, uh, it's confusing. It's chaotic. It's, it's noisy. It's loud. It's, it's troublesome. It's worrisome. It's, and then you spend time with him and he occupies your thoughts and his peace replaces the noise I, I think some of some people here tonight they're gonna you're gonna go out of here and I almost don't want to tell you I almost want you to but I now I have to I think but your sensation will be quiet your experience of the Lord and this is a part of that relationship your experience of the Lord will be stillness. You'll be able to be still. 
Whereas before, it's like you're in a racquetball court. The ball banging off every wall and every thought and your life and busyness and chaos. And, and, every, and you'll be able to be still. And just, there he is. There's the presence of the Lord. It's peaceful. It's enjoyable. It's life-giving. Amen. Let your thoughts be continually occupied with Him. I believe the Lord stirred my heart. And I didn't know if I'd give this out. I just saw this first, this part of it. I didn't see it necessarily as a, a tongue and interpretation. Sometimes it comes out that way. But that the Lord wants to spend time with all of His children. But many of us many of his children are too busy and he knows that it doesn't bring him pleasure but many of his kids are too busy in their life they don't have time for him they don't have time to spend time they don't have time to spend time with him and if they only knew how much he wanted to meet with them how much he wanted them to make their appointments with him and not keep pushing them off I'll get you to get catch you tomorrow. I'll catch you next catch you the next day. I'll catch you next week, Lord. I'm putting him off, putting him off. And he's there waiting and desirous to meet with us. It is his heart. And he wants it to be ours. tell you this one last thing I think a while back we had some services on Wednesday nights in here was that, that was referencing where the glory of God came down in a real strong way just tangibly you could feel it all over and I was driving to church the following week I was crossing the freeway over there and in my heart, I've said, Lord, how do we keep this going? I'm talking to him on the inside because my daughter was in the car. So I'm talking to him on the inside. And I heard immediately the answers in Genesis. I thought, cool, I'm going to have to read Genesis one of these days. It's kind of a big book. So I thought that's where my mind went. Okay, I'll get to that sometime. Whenever, later, I'll read Genesis. But then, just, my mind immediately went, okay, what's in Genesis? <laughs> and immediately went to the first part, not the stuff about Abraham and all. The first part, creation. And I knew this is what the Lord meant. It had to do with the relationship that He had with His creation in the beginning before sin and it wasn't we don't have any indication that it was this or that it was yes <laughs> in other words warfare prayer or just high worship either now both of those are valid you understand i mean doing business in prayer worshiping god all that but that wasn't the answer i knew it was that relational conversational walking with God the fellowship that that was the key to the maintenance of God's glory being manifest 
it was God walking with his kids in the garden. My, my mind immediately went to different people that I've heard that have told me that have had experiences in heaven like Paul did, like other people, and came back and they said that in heaven there are gardens. And I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. God created a garden to begin with. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed there. He seems to be into gardens. And they said in heaven he creates gardens and the purpose of them is so that he could spend time with his his people in the garden. That Jesus would go hang out with people in gardens in heaven. Not like gardens like, you know, your, your row of corn and your potatoes. and You know, like, think of like big Garden of Eden kind of thing. I thought that's what he started this with. It seems like that's how this is going to end. And if we want to maintain that glory in the middle, we've got to maintain our garden time. And I knew that that was key. It's not that we don't worship. We worship for hours. Not that we don't pray in the Spirit and pray in tongues, all that. I do all of that. But that wasn't what he was saying, was the, the, the thing. It was your garden time with the Lord. That's what he wants for with you and me, to spend time with us. Amen? He does. So if we got anything out of this service tonight, let's get that out of it. Let's know that this, this picture the Lord gave me about expanding that relationship with Him, our experiential knowledge of God will increase when we get in there, give our thoughts to Him, commune with Him. He'll start revealing Himself. Your will be done on earth. He'll start revealing Himself more and more. And our relationship with Him will soar. Amen. Lord is good. Amen. Let's sing something in in closing today. We'll sing and uh, and then we'll be dismissed.